the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible, have fun, and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program, weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So people ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the quiz show. This is Soapster, and uh, Jacob's sitting across the, the uh, desk from me. We are ready to get into 
the scriptures, the Bible live tonight. This past week, our emphasis was on uh, the book of the books of First and Second Chronicles. Of course, as you most of you know, if you've been a regular listener to the Bible live, one uh, clear thing we've we've often mentioned is that the books of uh, Chronicles, the Kings, uh, Samuel, and so on, those were originally written as one work each, the book of Samuel, the book of the Kings. Uh, but they were broken into two when it came time to, I believe, in the time of the translation from uh, Greek, uh, from Hebrew to Greek, and had something to do with actually just the physical size of the scrolls. These books were divided uh, into two sections, for what we call First and Second Chronicles. And our readings this past week were from the book of First Chronicles, chapter 25, and we went right on and read straight on into the book of Second Chronicles, uh, into chapter up to chapter eighteen. So we've got a large uh, a large segment of the a, lar- a large passage of scripture tonight that we cover with our questions, and we read S- Psalms eighty one through eighty five. Before we get to some of the questions, uh, Jacob, how's you going? How what kind of week you had? Are you ready to? What's on your mind tonight as we get to the uh, scriptures? Well, you want me to mention what we talked about? Just sure, sure. Okay. All right. Now, next Sunday. Now, it doesn't always occur on a Sunday because it occurs whatever day it occurs on. The year after this, it'll be on a Monday. But next Sunday is for something you're familiar with in the book of Acts called Pentecost. In Hebrew, it's Shavuot. In the Tanakh, the Old Testament, uh, what, 50 days after Passover... The Jews got the uh, Torah, the, the Ten Commandments. Okay? 50 now, days after Passover. 50 days. Yeah. And that's why the Greeks got the word penta, 50 days, Pentecost. And in the New Testament, we're actually able to discern exactly when, quote-unquote, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit arrived. Because it's exactly Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. Now, why is that important? I don't know. You tell me. Now, let's... You used a phrase there that, of course, to us insiders, we know what you mean. In the uh-huh. book of Acts, at yes. chapter 2 of the book of Acts, we have re- recorded this event, this very special event that Jesus himself, the Messiah himself, had told his disciples, go wait in Jerusalem and, and so on until you receive the gift uh, of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the, uh-huh. the this... Um, what we understand, at least in, in, through our own human language, and not, uh, we, of course, God's nature is way beyond any of our full comprehension. But the idea is that there are three persons, distinct persons in the Godhead, and the Holy Spirit. We have the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has come. Now, Jesus told his disciples, "Stay in Jerusalem. Stay there. I, it's I. I need to go away so the Father can send." The Holy Spirit is going to come. There's going to be an age or an era in which the God will deal with us, with his people, uh, by sending his spirit to walk alongside us, to escort us individually, each of us, to glory. And All so right. that's let's that's what give, supposedly took let's place. Let's give you a math test. Well, let me just say that. Oh. So you said the coming of the Holy Spirit. Well, of course, we all understand that the Holy Spirit is God. And he's everywhere present at all times. It's not like he'd never been to planet Earth, but we're talking about him coming in this special way, this special relationship now with his people that the Holy Spirit would be our escort, individually escorting us to glory. Now let's get down to the mathematics. I am. Okay. I do have a degree in mathematics. I'm supposed to be good at this, and uh-huh. Jacob says oh, he has a test Oh, you're good. He has a test for me. How come you me? always have trouble getting pain me back, though? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. the... Uh, 
Okay. That's not mathematics. That's just right. something else. I think. Now, the Jews count the Bible, uh-huh. their calendar, from creation. Okay. okay. So, 2,440... And since you were there, you actually know when that was, right? So. Actually, I was there. <laughs> uh, but in the year 2,448, 2448, is when the Torah, from the creation, is when the Torah, the Ten Commandments, were given. 2,448 years after creation. No, from Adam was created, uh-huh. right, and counting from there, it's exactly 2448 when Mount Sinai was there, and okay. the Ten Commandments, okay? All right, all now, right. Now, if we count from that day to today's date, it's exactly 3328, 3,328 years. From, not from Sinai? Yes. Oh, from, from Sinai. Sinai, okay. okay. This is going to make so much better if you, you actually work with me on this. 3,000 how many? Okay, from Mount Sinai to today's date uh-huh. is uh, 3,328 years. Okay. Okay. Now, since this is the year on the... Second, uh, the calendar of Americans and 2016. So if it was 3,328 years ago and we subtract 2016, we are left with what? 1,312. Now you know exactly how many days according to the New Testament. Years or days? Excuse me. I'm not finished with my sentence. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, uh, now you know that exactly from Mount Sinai to in the book of Acts, when it says that you were describing the Holy Spirit arriving, was 1,312 years. Years, okay. So, now you know that uh, Sinai was 3,328. you got to take away the 2016. And the Holy Spirit supposedly arrived on... Uh, um, 1,312 years after Mount Sinai. Okay. Now, in the book of Exodus, we have uh, the what's called Shavuot in Hebrew, but Pentecost is what you're probably familiar with, and that's 50 days after Passover. Now, in the New Testament, that's replicated by uh, Jesus, as the New Testament says, died at Passover and the Holy Spirit arrived 50 days later. So, it does not give us a date uh, in the book of Exodus, nor in the book of Acts, when Pentecost is. We can only determine that date if we know the date of Passover. That's why it's called Pentecost, 50 days. Uh So, you must know the date of Passover to know when this, in the New Testament, Holy Spirit, or the Mount Sinai, Ten Commandments were given. And then 50 days later, you have the date. Okay, but the question is, why is there no date in the book of Exodus? But it's just 50 days. It says, you shall count for yourself 50 days. So each person is supposed to count them. And in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, you got Pentecost, which is Greek for 50 days, and you know it's after Passover. But why is there no date given, either in the book of Exodus or the book of Acts for Shavuot or Pentecost? Dun, dun, I know dun, this. Dun, you told dun, me before. Dun, dun. I know this. Do you know, John? Do you remember it? He told us. I know you told us this before. Why is there no exact date given? It's only given a relative ga- date. A, a date based relatively to Passover. Uh-huh. Now, do uh, we have a date of Passover? Yes, we do. Is that you're, the first day of the year? No. No, no, no. no. That was a very clever attempt to trick me, but I know you know. 
that in the chapter 12 of the book of Exodus, it actually gives us the date of Passover. So it always occurs on the same date. So if Jesus died on Passover, we still know the date because it's in Exodus chapter 12. Okay. So, but the Shavuot or Pentecost doesn't have a date. It just says in the Hebrew, it says in the book of Exodus, you shall count 50 days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and in the New Testament, it says Pentecost, 50 days. And you're asking me why? Yes, it does not give the date of Pentecost, but it does give the date of Passover. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, Sophie, you're so kind to give me a chance to explain. I don't know. I know, you know. At any rate, what it is is so that you can never separate the two. You can only count ah. from Passover. I see. I knew so you, the you giving, knew that all the time. So, let me see. So, the giving of the Pentecost marks the giving of the law. The Torah. The Torah. The law, law is really not. It's actually, the Torah actually means instructions. Okay. Uh, the Ten Commandments. Okay. So that is Pentecost, and it's 50 days after Passover. And so what, we, what we're what we saying is that the giving of the commands of God, God's laws, the Torah, is not to be, it's always to be related to redemption, to salvation. Well, okay. Am I right? Well, that would be a Christian take, sure. And uh, but what we're saying is, is that what well, isn't Passover seen in, even no. in Jewish uh-huh. I, as a, a sort of deliverance, a, yeah, a salvation? But you, you said it kind of back. Coming out of okay. Egypt, but out Passover, of... we know fifty days. That way, since I do not know the date of Pas- Pentecost. But I do know the date of Passover. And in the book of Exodus, it says, you shall count 50 days for yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, what that's telling me is that I can never count 50 days unless I know when Passover was. I see. So True. that way, in the book of Exodus, I can never separate pa- Passover from Shavuot or receiving Mount, the commandments of Mount Sinai. In the New Testament, it doesn't give you a date, but you do know the date of Passover because it occurs in uh, Exodus chapter 12. Okay, and now all of this relates how to the books of Chronicles, that our readings tonight. How does excellent that... question! I feel like Johnny Carson. <laughs> uh, anyway, excellent question. And I feel like Ed McMahon. So. <laughs> uh, actually, I think I've had... You your, are correct, sir! I've, I've actually had your sauce before, McMahonese. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, so um, the idea is that there is a date... In this part we're going to read tonight, uh-huh. where Solomon has a festival, a dedication, uh huh, and we got to understand what this is all about to understand what day in history the dedication occurred on by Solomon. It is something, it's not the date we've talked about, but it'll be something else. But what's fascinating is this. So uh, next Sunday, next Sunday, did I happen to mention next Sunday? I think you said next Sunday, right? Uh-huh, next Sunday, is the biblical... Biblical Day of uh, Pentecost, Pentecost uh-huh. or also when the Ten Commandments comes. Now, the Jews, many Jews have a tradition of staying up all night. So next week, Saturday night, I'll be staying up all night with a uh, group of Orthodox folks, and we'll be studying the Ten Commandments all night long. Because on the next day, Sunday, uh, that's the actual day the Ten Commandments are given, or for the Christians, when the Holy Spirit came down and arrived. So, so that's the purpose of staying up all night is that you meditate and, and no, no meditate, study, 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 and discuss yeah. together uh-huh. the Ten Commandments. Yes, exactly. The big and ten. All actually, you'll find all the laws in the Ten Commandments. 
because there's 613, 6 plus 1 is 7, plus 3 is 10, 10 commandments. Now, this is fascinating stuff. It is. It, it is. I, it is. Now uh, you begin to understand the connection, shall we say, between uh, Jesus, Passover, uh, the Holy Spirit, how it's connected to what took place in Exodus. These wow. are not just abstract days that people were picking. My mind is churning and running already with those ideas. That's good. That's good. Well, let's ask him questions for our listeners out there. Oh, I should ask. It doesn't always occur on Sunday. Now, when people, I want to say this so I don't offend anybody. I know that in Christian circles and churches, they choose a day to celebrate. And I'm not criticizing that at all. That's fine. You can choose whatever day. But to know the biblical day, and if I were Christian, I would want to know the sure. biblical day. This year it's Sunday, next year it'll be on a Monday. So that's how it works. Okay, dokey. All right, next Sunday, day of Pentecost, the exact date uh, from, from ancient history. In- very interesting. Well, let, I'm going to ask some questions from the Psalms, 81 through 85, and then Jacob has got some questions marked from First uh, Chronicles chapter 25 through Second Chronicles chapter 18. And we'll look at all these questions. You can call in. Answer questions for us, uh, 340-9585. That's our phone line, 340-9585. And uh, so during the next um, hour, a little over an hour now, we'll be taking your calls and, and letting you answer questions from the Scriptures, our readings this past week. And also, maybe you have questions. Maybe you have a thought or something you'd like to share as it relates to the Scriptures, something about the Bible what it means to you, what it means to you. Uh, maybe something has puzzled you and you'd like to a- ask about it. Or maybe just something that's uh, really been uh, important to your life and some passage of Scripture that's made a difference. So we'd love to hear from you. We're, this is all about the Bible, this great, great old book that uh, we seem to be forgetting and moving away from in our society and culture at large. And we're striking a blow here to bring back an understanding of that old book and the great contribution it has made to our our culture, our society, our history as a nation, and to uh, our lives uh, as as human beings. So uh, give us a call if you'd like on any of those themes, all things biblical, 340-9585. Now, Psalm 81, it's one of the psalms that, we're on, that we read in our reading schedule for this week. If, uh, if you go to BibleLive.com, you can find our reading schedule through the year, and you'll find that this past week we read Psalms 81 through 85. Psalm 81 celebrates a certain event in Israel's history. Psalm 81 celebrates an event in Israel's history. What event is that that is celebrated and marked by Psalm 81? All right, that's one question number one for tonight. Uh, oh, I'm going to jump down into Psalm 80. Two, according to Psalm 82, what group of people will definitely be judged by God? Now, of course, according to Scripture, all men, we will all be judged. We will all uh, give account for our lives in every detail of our lives. But uh, Psalm 82 emphasizes that there is a certain group of people that will definitely be held accountable by God himself, who be be judged by God. What group of people is um, kind of separated out for for specific mention in Psalm 82 that they will be judged by the Lord? And one other question. Let's jump down to uh, Psalm 
80, Psalm 84. In Psalm 84, uh, it, there is a bird that is named, a certain bird. You know, this is for the animal lovers in our audience. There is a bird that enjoys the presence of the God, uh, the presence of God in God's temple. <laughs> I don't know. This is this is a, an interesting psalm. There's what bird is it that is mentioned in Psalm 84 that enjoys the presence of God in His temple? I, f- I find it so interesting because. Uh, I guess in the last couple of weeks, I've been in several buildings, large kind of warehouse type buildings, in, in which a bird had found its way into the building. And I'm guessing that's kind of what the psalmist was talking about here in, in the temple there. Uh, now, you know that the bird you're referring to, it's, uh, of course, Psalm 84, verse 3, but it's got the English name to it. Would I'll tell you what. what it, does it, it have a different name? I it, mean, it does. In Hebrew, it does, and it translates to something a little different, which you're going to really enjoy when oh, we great. share. Okay, great. Um, there you go. That's the three questions I have from the Psalms, one from Psalm 81, one from Psalm 82, and one from Psalm 84. Uh, okay, Jacob, let's let's yeah. hear it. you have some easy questions or I hard do. questions? I, I, what I try to do is you've picked, uh, I don't know, several Several hundred questions. I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyway, but I tried to pick out the ones because how this generally works, you and whoever your uh, counsels are, your family, I assume, uh-huh. pick all the write all these questions out, and you give me the honor and privilege of to uh, pick among the questions. Uh-huh. So, and I know people chronicles can be. And sometimes he invents a question of his own. He goes outside the box, and you know, I don't know that. Yeah, and, and you've been kind enough to allow me to sure, uh, sure. to exit boxes upon occasion. All right. Okay, but what I've done is I picked some questions. It kind of, hopefully, kind of strings the story together because chronicles can be kind of tedious, boring. People don't want to read all that stuff. So I've tried to pick some questions that will actually kind of bring the meaning of the story and what took place in chronicles into one quickly understandable unit. Excellent. Okay. Well, you wrote the questions. I uh-huh. just Okay. Don't right, ever forget it. Okay, let's begin with your uh, number five. All right. David received something directly from God and passed it on to Solomon. What was it? Answer, First uh, Chronicles twenty-eight nineteen. First Chronicles chapter twenty-eight verse nineteen. What is it that David received directly from God and then passed it on to Solomon? Very. I I find that very interesting myself. I. It, it's almost hard to believe, but okay. Okay. I believe it. It, 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 it. It's an amazing thing that God would get involved in details like this. To it seems to me. It, ah, okay. Well, in uh, in year number eight. Okay. In the years just before the temple was built, where was the Ark of the Covenant kept? You'll meet. You'll find it in Second Chronicles, chapter one, verse four. Ooh. Did we uh, talk a little bit about that last week? Uh, I don't know. Now, I don't believe it's the answer to this question, but we talked about this guy named um, Obed. Od, um, oh, yeah, yeah, you did mention and, that. And after the uh, the failed attempt to move the uh, Ark of the Covenant yeah, into Jerusalem, business, yeah. it was in his home. But that isn't, that's not the question here. That's not the answer. It was We're not talking about it in the home of uh, Obed Odem, Odem. I forget the name now. I'll have to remember that. Obed uh, Edom. Uh, yeah, there you go. Obed Edom. That's right. Uh, but it's not. That's not the answer. In the years just before the temple was built, the Ark of the Covenant, covenant was kept in a very special place, uh, and uh, we want you to tell us where was it kept. And look in Second uh, Chronicles chapter one, verse four, to find the answer. So so far we've got 
Dave got some plans or something. We uh, ours got something at the answers and uh, first call. Uh, All right. You got one more question? Okay, yes, I got two more. Okay, well, it's time for one more before okay, our break, chapter, and then we'll come back. Uh, number 12, Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem on the mountain where Abraham had almost sacrificed his son Isaac how many centuries before? What was the name of this mountain? Oh, Solomon built the temple. Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. All right, there you have it. What mountain was Solomon's temple built Upon Second uh-huh. Chronicles chapter three verse one. Getting the idea right. All right, this is the Bible Live Quiz Show three four zero ninety five eighty five. Don't go away. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't expect to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Get your daily devotional, podcasts of your favorite programs, station and community events, and featured articles on a number of issues Christians need to know about, all in one place. KSLR.com. That's KSLR.com. I'm finding myself at a loss for words, and the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back. Thank you for joining us. The Bible Live, the quiz show. You your chance to answer questions. Give us a call, 340-9585, if you know the answer to any of the questions that uh, have been put out there for you this evening. Uh, Jacob was just giving us uh, several questions from the book uh, books of First and Second Chronicles. One, David received something directly from God, some information directly from God, and passed it on to Solomon. What was that information? You find the answer in First Chronicles chapter twenty-eight, verse nineteen. And again, I I don't know why that just that kind of astounds me. Uh, we find uh, God involving Himself in details. Uh, you, you'd think there would 
God would be a kind of a big picture type, you know, get the big scheme of things. And then, but it, we see here that he's involved in details in this particular case, at least. Well, in the years just before the temple was built, where was the Ark of the Covenant? If you remember what that is, the Ark of the Covenant, in the years just before the temple was built, where was the Ark of the Covenant kept? And I gave you a hint that it wasn't in the home of Obed-Edom, uh, this man, uh, this uh, Levite, who kept the uh, Ark of the Covenant in his home temporarily for a period of time, several months if I remember correctly, but turned out to have a great, great positive effect on him and his family life, and uh, at least according to him, that's his testimony of how God blessed his family because of that. But uh, where was the Ark of the Covenant kept just in the years leading up to the building of the temple? You find the answer in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 4. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 4. And then finally, Jacob gave us this question. Solomon built the temple, this great, beautiful temple that was built uh, in Jerusalem on the mountain where Abraham had almost sacrificed his son Isaac many centuries before. What was the name of that mountain? You find the answer in chapter 3 of Second Chronicles, chapter 3, verse 1. So, Is that enough for right now? You want to put one more? I think you had another well, one, didn't I you? Do, well, I have a couple more. But, uh, okay. Uh, you're number 16. You're going to put that one anyway in, in, in spite of the fact that I put wrong information? Well, no, we'll just put the right answer. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. And so what we got here, let's look at our questions, what I've done. Okay. Based on your questions, I said, David, give Solomon something. And there's a pl- and then there's uh-huh. the ark. You got me? Uh, I get it. I see it. Then he says, then he built it on some mountain. I see the pattern here. You better, because I worked very hard to create the pattern. Okay. But you wrote the questions. And then the last one I'm going to say, what was inside the ark? It would be 2 Chronicles uh, 5.10. What was inside the Ark uh-huh. of the Covenant? Right. Now, maybe, maybe if I put add one word, maybe that would make the question uh, more correct. Because if you read chapter five, verse ten, uh, it won't be the answer that at least that I have written down here. Oh, don't keep what if we add, yourself up. So, what if we said that what was originally inside the Ark of the Covenant? Well, okay, but that doesn't occur here in the story. So, oh, uh, all right, all right, all right. But, well, know, anyway, I'm chapter five. To, I'm trying to clean you up here, so stop, <laughs> stop messing up my cleanup. Chapter five, verse ten. All right, do you have another one? If you like. Okay. Now the next one. Now what we got here is we got all these things building a pattern. Then we're uh-huh. going to look at. Uh, at uh, least in Jacob's mind, there's a pattern here. It okay? is. So. You're number seventeen. All right, let's go with it. All right. Well, uh, Your number seventeen is when King Solomon prayed before all the people at the temple of dedication. What was the position of his body? And the answer is Second Chronicles six thirteen. Now there's something very, very unusual about this. That's why it's mentioned. Oh, I, I was going to ask you. That doesn't seem so noteworthy, but you found oh, it. Oh, it's no. Look what we got. First, we got David gave Solomon something. Where was the ark? What's inside the ark? And then on the dedication, Solomon did something. You see what we're doing here? Yeah. When, now, when right King after, Solomon prayed in front of all the people. They had this huge ceremony of the dedication of the temple, and King Solomon came and prayed. What was his body uh, posture, his body position? And the answer is in uh, Second Chronicles 6.13. And then after that, we're going to show how the two, next two questions, we'll do them later, Okay. Uh, completes the picture so a person will have a grasp of what took place in the Chronicles. All right. Well, we've got a, a caller on hold already. 
ready to answer our question. Let's go with Gilbert. I think it's Gilbert who's on line one. It is. Gilbert, thank you for calling in. Glad to hear you. How are you doing tonight? Are you there, Gilbert? Let me make sure I've got all the right buttons pushed. Let me try it one more time. No, I don't see Gilbert there. I think we just lost Gilbert. It dropped off. Oh, if you can give us a call back, Gilbert, if it's yeah. my fault, I'll apologize yeah. profusely. Soapy pushed the wrong button. I thought I hit the right button, but there he is, I believe. So maybe is we're. Is that him again? Let's see if we get Gilbert back on the line. You can give us a call, 340. Please call back. 340-9585. That's our uh, Bible Live line. And. So we'll go and try Gilbert one more time. Hi, Gilbert. Are you with me this time? Yes. Oh, I'm glad you called back. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. I, I don't think I hit the wrong button, but I, we got yes. cut off there. So we probably did not hit the wrong button. <laughs> uh, but also, I would like to get... Oh, good. I love, I love you. We're watching every third word. I think it's all right. Try again, Gilbert. Okay. What is it you love? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'd like to know how I can get some of your uh, records oh, uh, recording. Sure. Uh, the Bible uh, Lives. Uh, I, I, well, I'll send you. I'll send you several of them free. The book of uh, the book of Romans. I'll send you the book of Proverbs. I'll send you a few that you can listen to. And if you like them as a set, you know, you can always call in and give us a. a just write to me. It'll have my information on the CD set. And uh, if you okay. like the set, you can send those to us. And all all of the proceeds from our Bible Live CD set that people get and use go to help us with our with here at the broadcast and with the ministry out at Lackland. So it all goes toward ministry. So that would be a great blessing to us if you if you found them helpful to yourself, especially Gilbert. So uh, can I make sure before you don't hang up tonight without getting my um, maybe you can get my email address from from. Um, uh, John here. It's soapy at thebiblelive dot com. Actually, that's easy enough. Soapy like soapy, soapy like a bar of soap with a Y on it. Soapy at okay thebiblelive dot com. Bible dot com. Uh, the word okay. the put, put the in front of it. The at, at the Bible Live. Yeah. And just give me an email, Gilbert. Just tell me you'd like to have it, and I'll send you a few uh, free books of the scriptures that I have recorded. And if you like them, if they're helpful, and you like the style, and, and they help the uh, just beautiful. Okay. And uh, I, I sing and play in church, and I'm going to sing and play some of your songs. Oh, I like that. Yeah, especially. Hey, I want you to especially pick up on the. Uh, some of the music, but also some of the uh, the at Christmas time, uh, especially we have some, what we call baptized. Uh, we took some secular Christian songs and put. Oh yeah, I heard them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are real helpful and useful. So uh, I've been listening to you for a long time, Gilbert. Thank you much. That's really encouraging to hear. Do you want to answer one of our Bible questions tonight? What do you think? Shoot. Okay, David receives something directly from God. And pass it on to Solomon. Uh, what was it that he received? And we find the answer in First Chronicles twenty-eight nineteen. If you don't know the answer, I'll give you a hint. Okay, give me a hint. Uh, what does the word blueprint mean to you? Okay, he got the blueprints for for uh, the, the temple. 
You got exactly right. Where's my bell ringing thing? I forgot. Uh oh. Ding 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 ding. ding, ding. There you go. Yeah. I kind of had an idea. That's what it was. Yeah, that's but, the temple. But he was forbidden. He was forbidden from building it himself because. He was a, a warmonger. Oh, a war, he was a man of war. I don't know about a warmonger. A man of war. Well, yeah, no, he was he a man of war. Hands, he had battle, and and he was yeah. forbidden. But uh, what surprises me, Gilbert, is that he said he receives the these plans. All, I mean, you can imagine blueprints. They're full of details about put a window here, so many feet from here, and so many feet from that. And, uh, and I'm just amazed at the idea that God. Gave David the detail that God's involved in details of of such mundane things as details about this building. Well, and yet that's uh, God knows. God knows how uh, how uh, uh, inept man is. So he had to be exact. <laughs> yes, I you know, so. So, so that man could would not get it wrong. <laughs> I think you're probably right. You know, he knew if there was a way to get it wrong, we probably would. It reminds me of that passage, though, in the New Testament, where Jesus says that God knows the numbers of hairs on our head. He sees the He sees the sparrow when it falls, the bird when it falls from the air. Uh, so, how much more than He will He care for us and knows about us? Uh, it, it's so interesting that God knows the details of our lives and and uh, is involved with us. That, I find that very. Powerful in one sense, but also very encouraging that God knows us as we are. And the amount of grains of sand oh, yeah. everywhere, oh, man, that's amazing. What an amazing, powerful, intelligent God we serve. Hey, I am so glad that I'm saved. Okay. Thank you. Now, don't forget to call. Write me that email address and let me know. Remind me that you're wanting some of those discs, and I'll send you a few of those free. Okay? Thank you. You okay, bet, brother. Have a good night. Well, good to hear from Gilbert. Yeah, did we just meet your brother? <laughs> yes, we did. That was my that was my pal. I like everybody who likes me. That's uh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you have a very large group of friends. Oh, right? they are sweet folk. Good, good folk. And uh, we are, we've been making our way through the Bible a lot of years, haven't we, Jacob? We've been studying that old book and making our way through it. So that's good. That's good. You can give us a call just like Gilbert did, 340-9585, 340-9585. And maybe if you'd like to take down that email address, soapy at thebiblelive.com, like Saturday Night Live, the idea. Suzanne came up with the name for the program, The Bible Live, uh, my wife Suzanne. And uh, I've always said it's a great, great name. I, she's very creative. But if you'd like to email me, soapy at thebiblelive.com, and maybe you'd like to request as well some of the uh, – we have some of the books of the Bible I've made special – versions of and put them on like one disc so you can have the entire book the book of romans the gospel of john is on two discs uh the proverbs are on one disc i think there's uh, one or two more uh, and i can send you some of those uh discs that you could listen to and, and if you like them then maybe you'd like to order the entire bible on in cd fact, Sophie, on there isn't there something they can click and actually see the questions for every sunday yes they can go to so a person could actually look up and see what next week's questions would be bible live dot com uh, not the in this case you can go to well actually if you put the it wouldn't matter we've we've got both uh websites and both urls are ours so whatever you put bible live or the bible live you can go and you can see the reading schedule for the year and you can see the questions that we'll be asking you next weekend and you can kind of bone up on those questions or look them I up and call in question about the ten commandments next week uh, uh, i do 
and I mean, and and the whole, the book of Acts just to balance things up. All right, I'll do that because we don't want to sure. be unbalanced. N- nothing nothing unbalanced about us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, who are we going with that? Here we go. Let's get. I'm going to give you the questions again, folks, just in case you uh, are just now calling in or listening in. Psalm 81 celebrates a certain important event in Israel's history. What event is celebrated in Psalm 81? And I will tell you this. I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with uh, Egypt. Uh, uh, Okay, does that help a little bit? Uh, Here's another question. According to Psalm 82, Psalm 82 what group of people will definitely be judged by God? There's a certain group of people that are that are that are sorted out here specifically that they're going to be judged by God. It's found in Psalm 82, verse one, and I'll give you a hint there as well. Uh, one of the reasons the presidential race in the United States this year is so important is because a certain number of of these people will be appointed by the next president. Okay, <laughs> is that a good is that a good hint, Jacob? Yeah, yeah. he's okay. going to appoint these people for Israel. Yeah, not necessarily, <laughs> not, not Israel, but uh, but uh, that's the the hint I'm giving you to answer the question. What group of people will definitely be judged by God? And then in Psalm 84, there is a bird mentioned that enjoys the presence of God in the temple of God. He enjoys the presence of God. So I see this this bird running around in this huge cavernous temple uh, and uh, that Solomon built. And uh, what bird is mentioned by name? Now, it, like Jacob said, it's the English, I guess, the English name given here. And he's going to give us, I guess, the Hebrew name of the bird. But um, you can give us the either one if you like. And if you're right, you will uh, be able to. So you answer the question correctly on the Bible life. And then from the book of Chronicles, David received something directly from God. We've already answered that. He received the blueprint, the plans for the temple directly from God, from God, and he passed them on to his son Solomon. I, I still think that's so interesting that God would be involved in that kind of detail. Well, but actually, it's important might, to might I interject? Sure. Actually, this is going to get scary. Okay. But uh, don't worry. Uh, and I don't want to go into all the details. Are but, we going to have to stone you again? You know, uh, I don't know what you for some kind of heresy. Time. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the the point is is that in the book of Exodus you have all these chapters with all these details how to build the uh, tabernacle in the wilderness, which later becomes the sure, model for right. the temples. Huh? Uh-huh. Well, that's actually the construction of the world. That's why it's all detailed. I'm not going to go into all details. That's all right. just enough to hook Now, you've told me that before, and I'm not particularly scandalized. And I, in fact, is I think I agree. It's, well, uh, there you, you go. <laughs> I, I, as Mark Twain said, I find the smartest people always, always agree, with agree with me. Yes, indeed. In the years just from before the temple was built by Solomon, where was the Ark of the Covenant kept? You'll find that in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 4. Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem on a particular mountain. It's the same mountain that Abraham, where Abraham almost sacrificed his son Isaac many centuries before. Hey, can I give a hint? What was the name of that mountain? Are you going to sing a song? You know the song? I do. Go ahead. Well, you sing better. You go ahead. Uh, I, well, I don't know. I only know that the words of the song I know has the, has the name of the mountain. Uh, sure, okay, good, good. You're going to give the name away? 
No, you don't say the word when you sing the da, song. Da, da, something like that. No. Da, da, Way out da, da, here, da. they got a name for wind and earth and fire. Oh, there it is. Yeah, you're singing the word. Good, good. I almost recognize the melody, too. You, you, you're close to the melody. Yeah, <laughs> you almost the, got it right. Yeah, this is the guy that I'm talking to that couldn't do the words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get the melody. Uh, uh, you get the words, I get the melody. All right. Um, okay, Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem on a mountain. It was the same mountain where Abraham almost sacrificed his son Isaac many centuries before. What was the name of the mountain? It's found in chapter 3 of Second Chronicles, verse 1. And then what was inside, and I've added the word originally, what was originally inside the Ark of the Covenant from Second Chronicles 5.10? What was originally inside the Ark of the Covenant? And then, this finally this question, when King Solomon, at the dedication of the temple, when he prayed before in front of all the people of Israel gathered, what was, a, what was his body position? What, what was his posture? Uh, chapter 6 of Second Chronicles, verse 13. So you can answer any of those questions. Give us a call, 340-9585. 340-9585. Let's go and visit with Esther. Queen Esther herself is on the phone with us tonight. Esther, how are you? Today? <laughs> Good to hear your voice. Fine, thank you, Sophie. What's going on? Thank you, Sophie. Nice, and thank you. Well, I was going to take a stab at answering your question: uh, Who is going to receive judgment? Yes. Uh, Psalm eighty-two, verse one, because there's a question contained in that. I wanted to ask. Okay. Uh, the answer, reading from my. Uh, translation, it says, Elohim stands in a congregation of El. He judges in the midst of the Elohim. Okay, so he's standing there in the congregation of God. Yes. You know, so these are the believers. These are obedient people to him. He judges in the midst of the Elohim, small e. Who is the Elohim? Well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I'm guessing Jacob is going to be able to tell us a better answer, but are we talking about uh, heavenly beings? Are we talking about angels, Jacob, or not? Uh, well, that's my question. Psalm 82, verse 1. 82. In, in this particular mm-hmm. English version, uh, Esther, it said, God presides over heaven's court. He pronounces judgment on the heavenly beings. Now, another passage, wow. another version says he pronounces judgment on uh, on earthly judges, on, on uh, particularly because uh, the whole psalm is about giving justice to the poor and to the orphan, uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute, rescue the poor and the helpless, deliver them from the grasp of evil people. All of these are functions, supposedly, of judges. Uh, and God. Yeah, and the verse two, verse two out of eight, uh, chapter eighty-two says, uh, Yahweh asking the question, "How long would you judge perversely and show partiality to the wrong?" Yes, and so that. And then it continues the on to give. Yeah, exactly. That, that sounds answer. like people not in heaven. Exactly. That's the that's the answer that I give in my my sheet here that that God is saying that He is going to judge. Uh, wicked judges, in other words, those who have a positions of authority and judge in the affairs of, of people and so on, that God will hold us accountable for those judgments. That's the 
That's okay. the answer that I have written down. But I, you've asked a very interesting question. Is this talking about heavenly beings? Is it talking about earthly judges? I guess I've taken it to mean earthly well, judges. Well, we, we should refer to Jacob and yeah. see if it's well, heavenly and earthly connected. Well, I've been reading mm-hmm. it real fast, and I will tell you in the, okay. in the notes. And Speak in the, into your microphone. Oh, sorry about that. You actually want me to back on the radio? Okay. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, here it is. Um, it appears to be, in the, from the Hebrew, uh, it seems to be that it's judges that judge by taking a bribe or among litigants that do not judge fairly according to God's laws. And so it is uh-huh. appears to be uh, corrupt judges. And let's see if I and they will be held accountable by God Himself, right? Yes. That's the idea. Uh-huh. And, and but read verse six. Read verse six, though. Read verse six. Oh, that's interesting. I say to you, you are gods. You are all children of the Most High, but you will die like mere mortals and fail like every other ruler. Wow. Okay. So he's probably talking to, as heaven, you know, that prayer in the New Testament, uh, yeah. the Lord's Prayer, uh, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there is a heavenly court and an earthly court, and there are fallen angels and holy angels. So this is really a huge psalm to me. Yeah, and it is. You're right. It's the word Elohim. And it, uh, in Hebrew... The word Elohim can mean, of course, God, or it can mean judges. Mm-hmm. Judges? Yeah, right. like human judges, because they're supposed to dispense God's laws, so they're like a little Elohim. And uh, there are people with authority. Yeah. yeah, people with authority are expected to deliver uh, righteous rulings. And going to be held accountable. For that authority and how they use that authority. It says you are gods, and I do notice that that's a small g. Uh, You are Mm -hmm. gods, you are all children of the Most High, but you will die like mortals. And so there is a sense, seen kind of superficially, and I admit I'm not looking at this necessarily uh, with the the language, specific language involved, but just kind of read as it is, appears on the page, God seems to be saying that these judges, that you are placed, in a sense, you are gods. You are placed in these places of authority over other people, and yet you, you're you not, you will be judged yourselves. You will be held accountable. Right. You will be... Yeah, a little, yeah. A little reminder. <laughs> exactly. And, and it, yeah, that was a good question. I, I liked it. I liked the question, yeah. and I think it, Paul kind of brings out the the same sense in the New Testament. He talks about teachers, you know, those in authority in the church who, who teach the Scriptures. And he said, be careful. Let not many of you be teachers because you're going to be held a special accountable for what you teach people and what you uh, what you share with them because it has consequences yeah. in people's lives. And so we will be held accountable for the ministries we exercise, for the for the, uh, for the authority that we exercise, whether it's at a small level, our home and family level, or maybe at a, a community or society level, uh, there will be um, accountability before the Lord. And, and I don't that's very well said. We're all teachers. Yeah. It's not yeah. meant to scare us necessarily, but just to realize that the importance and the, to approach our responsibilities with humility and with uh, with uh, 
with seriousness and take it seriously, these opportunities. Right. When you get a chance to build into people's yeah. lives, it's it's an awesome thing. It really is. You know, I'll, I'll suggest something. I think uh, this is the verse that... Uh, that Yeshua or Jesus was using in the book of Matthew when he's talking about the seven brothers that marry uh, uh, the widow that marries seven brothers because he says you they ask all, him a question about that right they, you, but he says you will they, you misunderstand the scriptures because you'll all be like and actually what he's saying is you will be like angels because a real fluid translation of this uh, six let me see where I'm at yeah, six is uh, I, uh, I had said you are godlike, sons of the Most High, yet you will, all of you, you will die like men. And so when you're administering God's laws, and that's your job to administer God's laws for the Jews yeah. in Israel, they are actually performing a godlike God service. And that's. I like guys, your translation. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And the guys, uh, the guys actually say. Uh, the Jews understand that sons of the Most High, see that in verse 6, sons of the uh, Most High? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. That actually from the Hebrew is an angel. So angels just carry out God's will. And I think that's the verse, if I'm, unless I'm wrong, which is possible, in that thing in Matthew where these seven say, what if this widow marries seven brothers? And Jesus says, you don't understand the scriptures. They will be like angels. In other words, they will be interpreting uh, in small Elohim, they'll be doing God's laws precisely. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Keep the thought. One time, one time I heard that Yahweh, or God, can talk. He can sound like anything. Do you want to know what God sounds like? If a child is speaking the words of God, that's what God sounds like. <laughs> because he can use anybody at yeah. any time. To make his will known, Anyone and so I think that kind of lines up with it. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Anyway, let me let you guys go on with your wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Love you guys. She's a good radio personality, Esther. It's because she got right off in time for the break. And she's, she's got a good sense of timing. That is our uh, music for our uh, the closing of this second half-hour segment. We have one more half-hour to go here on the Bible Live Quiz Show. We invite you to join us, 340-9585, like Gilbert did, like Esther did. You can give us a call. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts about the scriptures. Maybe you want to answer some of the questions we put out there for you for the books of First and Second Chronicles and the Psalms. Or maybe you'd like to ask your own question or give a comment about something biblical, something about what the scriptures and the walk with the Lord means to you. Give us a call, 340-9585, and we'll be right back. Nature's Factor Carpet Cleaning Expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor. Carpet cleaning for the 21st century. 831-3535. This is my day. 
Is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar? I'm desperate for you. And All right, we are back. I'm lost without you. And sometimes we do get caught up in the uh, in the sort of the academic side of the scriptures, learning what they say and what they mean and what they, uh, what message they deliver to our lives. And yet at the bottom, I think we always need that reminder that uh, what what the Bible is all about, it's, it's not just knowing chapter and verse, but it's, it's falling in love with the author. It's getting to know the writer of the Bible, the one behind the scriptures, uh, God himself, and uh, knowing him and walking with him and experiencing him in our life. You know, it's not, it's not just a theological, academic, sort of doctrinal journey we're on. We're on a journey with, with the king of kings himself, with God. And the point is to know him and to experience him, him, experience him in our everyday life, his peace, his joy, his holiness, his righteousness, and to have that uh, affect the way we live in our life experience here on the earth. That's, uh, we never want to get so involved academically and cerebrally, cerebrally, you know, with our, our heads, but we also want to get involved with our hearts in the scriptures. That's an important thing. We always want to make sure we're mentioning that to you. And uh, we, we get so very often from our listeners these wonderful um, messages and experiences of walking with God and serving God and sharing God's love with other people. It, uh, that is indeed what it, that's That's what the ultimate objective is. You know why with you have to walk with God? Walk with God? Yeah. Why? Yeah. It's kind of like Mount Everest, isn't it? Why do you climb Mount Everest? Because it's there. I mean, we've been given the opportunity. Why would we? That's a very interesting point. Aside from that, possibly being. <laughs> but what's the right answer is what you're so, wanting to know. Well, no, I guess not necessarily right. Okay. But it's an interesting idea. Remember in Genesis? Uh huh. In the cool of the day. Yeah, they God, walked with the Lord. Yeah. No, it said they heard God walking. He was walking alone. Ah, Jacob, you, every now and then you just come up with such a good hey, answer. Listen, I don't know anything except what somebody else told me. Okay? Right there the, so God was walking in the garden, and they heard him. And uh, so that, that's our privilege to walk with him now. That's, that's an exciting thought. It, it is. I was telling a group of folks today uh, out at Lackland, we, uh, one of our classes, the, the eighth week, the uh, trainees, we, are, we handled their Protestant religious education classes all the way through basic training. And in the eighth week, they have just graduated. They've now become not trainees, but airmen, uh, officially airmen in the United States Air Force. And many of their families, the moms and dads and sweethearts and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and grandparents and so on, come to from all over the country. They come to attend the graduation from basic training. And they uh, they bring them to this, uh, what is called their, our eighth-week class. It's called Hotel, you know, Alpha, Bravo, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, and Hotel. Our Hotel class. And I, I was teaching that class this morning, and we were talking uh, about that idea of the Scriptures and that the idea that it, it – the, whole, the basic idea of the Bible, the basic message is that the creator and sustainer of the universe desires a personal relationship with each of us. And, and I, 
sometimes we say that so easily, Jacob. We talk about knowing God and having a relationship with God. And we sometimes we don't ponder. The thought of that is just so mind-boggling. Did you ever notice that Noah, when he got off the boat, it says Noah walked with God? Now, that's important because that means he's walking with God. But there's one guy that walked before God. In other words, he was so dedicated to God that he was able to walk on his own. Who was that? Huh, walked before God. Oh, man. We have our own Bible Live uh, quiz song here. The (laughs) D-I-B-L-E. Are you dodging the question? I'm dodging the question. Okay, the point is this. It was Abraham. Abraham walked before God because God could rely with on him. But Noah walked with him. That's a wonderful. All of those are great, great thoughts, buddy. You're coming up with some good ideas and thoughts. Uh, Soapy, please don't give me credit. It embarrasses me. Okay, but all I'm doing I, is repeating Jewish well, stuff. Well, they're good thoughts, and they're very, very interesting. They make they make my mind kind yeah, of whirl. I don't, about, the, hmm. None of this is mine. No. Yeah, yeah. But it, it but it is a, an astounding thing still, though. The the thought that I mean, there's seven billion of us on planet Earth, yeah. and the idea that any of us could enjoy. This personal relationship with the true and living God, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It really is. and uh, But that's what the Bible calls us to, all right, this relationship. Well, we, we've got a few minutes left for well, this Harold's final segment. Online. Harold is on the line. Let's go and visit with Harold then and bring up on line one here. Thank you, John. Harold, how are you doing tonight? Good to hear you. Hi, so good, Harold. Good to hear from you, Harold. What's going oh, on? That's the right line. It's Man. on the line, and he says, this is Harold. You did good, Soapy. I got the right button the <laughs> right line. Yes, indeed. Dad, Dad Jacob's on fire tonight. Oh, he kinda, is, isn't he? Those are good thoughts. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of that burning bush. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, know, you, always, you know, I have to follow after Queen Esther. That's not going to be easy. <laughs> and, you know, y'all were doing some singing earlier, and it made me think of a song, you know, uh, James Brown was told he could not have a song with just one word in it. Do you know what that word was? Oh, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, I'll tell you the answer to this. No, you don't know. A song with a word. It's please. That's all oh, his yeah. word was. I think I remember please, that. Please, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, getting back to to the Bible questions, that stuff that, uh, that those questions that Jacob had in uh, the Chronicles, uh-huh. uh, I kind of wondered in Matthew 17, verse 4, where Elijah and Moses appeared, and there was Peter, and then he told Jesus, uh, Lord, it is good for us to be here. So I guess no matter where we're at, it's kind of good to be here tonight with y'all. And, you know, That's so be nice, out- Harold. That's good. That's a <laughs> nice thing to say. In my mind. He's walking oh. with us. <laughs> I do not meditate, so don't tell Jacob I'm meditating because he gets upset about meditation. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, you know, I asked a question last week. I'm not going to be picking stone fights or anything like that. But I've been giving it an awful lot of thought with uh, Matthew 22, verse 44. Uh-huh. And it just reminds me, you know, when a father raises his son, he tells him, I'll raise my son to be better, you know, than you are, you know, better than he was. And it reminds me of my Uncle Joe. In a little church with his 69-year-old grandmother playing the piano, he started out those prayers, our gracious, the most heavenly father. 
Now, I think, as a 12-year-old boy, when he came back to Vietnam, I think that's how you start prayer. And I, and that's what I see with Pastor Kemp at the Antioch Baptist Church, because I understand he was also in the military, in the Air Force. Uh-huh, okay. and, and, you know, and so when I hear him preach, teach, uh, talk, I can feel that, I feel that he knows what he's talking about, you know. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I really like going there, because these people have, have some background, you know. You know, it's just not, they didn't just start preaching today or something like that. There's a real connection, but, yeah, with, with yeah. God himself, yeah. So, so when it says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies my footstool. Um, you know, we look up our, we look up to our fathers. Our fathers say, I raised you to be better than I am. Yeah. But do we really ever get where our fathers are? Really? I mean, I'm 61. And I think about my dad and some of the troubles I put him through, but I, do I really measure up to the man he was huh. or he is, you know? And that's just, I've been thinking about this all week, and we don't have to elaborate on it, but, you know, I worried about the Ark of the Covenant for about two years. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Well, that's that, a good, I, that, I like the question, I do. And I think my understanding of that passage is that, uh, and, and I think you probably heard this before, is that, yes. that it, it, Jesus is actually, it's one of the stronger passages where Jesus is claiming, actually, that the Messiah, the, the, uh-huh. the this descendant of David, is indeed uh, superior to David. In fact, he's, it's a statement of the, the deity of the Messiah. That's the way at least I've looked at it and thought of it, and, and, and I've read that others do as well. Now, Jacob has a, a little bit of a different take uh, about that, you know, my you know what is it my lord said to the lord said to my lord and so on and it seems also to be relevant and makes sense to me so uh now the the funny thing Harold, that you mentioned about that is that i i I don't my sense of this is a little bit more theoretical than yours because you had it dad Uh, and being an orphan i never had a father i never had a father or a mother figure and well, you never knew him. I never knew him, and 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 sometimes. Sophie, are you trying to tell us you were immaculate, immaculately yeah. conceived? No, no, you had a father. No, I had a father, and I had, a, but I never knew father or mother, and so I don't have that sense of being bigger or better than my father. I hope that my children fly higher and further than I did, and that they'll that they'll pick up and experience greater things in the Lord and, of course, in life itself. But I don't have that looking backwards that a lot of people do. Maybe Jacob could comment on that passage about uh, the fathers. And if I could, I just want to say one more thing, and then I'll hang up, and uh-huh. then I'll let Jacob. The, sure. There is a clue, uh, because I, I didn't ask Rabbi Block this question, but I was trying to sound, uh, you know, kind of bias, I guess. Uh-huh. And he had said, hell. There is nothing new under the sun. That verse in, in, Ecclesiastes. in Ecclesiastes. So it makes me right. So it makes me think that there there is a, a meaning to it, and it's down here on earth for us to get because there's nothing new under the sun. Now that came from a rabbi, and Jacob's part rabbi. I would I would think that you would think, think that maybe. And then verse forty six says, and no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day. Did anyone dare question him? Now, does that mean that we're supposed to 
come up with our own ideas and thoughts and continue improving ourselves until we get hmm. to the promised land or to heaven. Or, That's an interesting I don't know, thought. Sorry. That is an interesting thought. Uh, Jake, uh, talk to me a little bit before the program started, Harold, about that. Uh, in fact, why did they say, why it says that they didn't answer, ask him any more questions? And I know he has an answer or thought about that. Thanks for calling in, Harold. I appreciate it. Your questions are always good ones, and they give us uh, at least Jacob a chance to kind of wax eloquent here. Tell him a little bit what you were telling me, Jacob, about that series of questions that it winds up finally with this question about this comment by Jesus about yeah, David and so on. It begins with a story about the coin whose image is on it, then it goes to the seven uh, brothers that marry the widow, then the, the lawyer, they say, that asks about what's the great commandment, then it ends with the Lord said to my Lord. It's part of an extended debate between Jesus it's and a, the religious it's leaders. It's a debate between folks. Just like you see in maybe many Bible studies now, somebody says, oh, well, it says this. Oh, yeah? What about that? And then, oh, no, no. What about this? So they were putting Jesus to the test, they is were the idea. testing, see, because the Pharisees, the Sadducees, somewhat also, but the Pharisees were more, more of common folks, but they were the last line of religious defense against the corrupt temple appointed by Herod in Rome. They were the only guys out there. They, so anybody that would come along and say, hey, you know, I know about the Bible, they tested them, they asked questions. Right, and so they were asking him Jesus. And, but how did you explain that last passage well, where it says, I think he answered, after that they didn't ask him yeah, any more questions? Yeah, I think he answered it correctly, and then they say, okay, well, no more questions. He got knows what he's talking about. I think he passed the test. Today yeah. I do know about the Bible. Okay. Well, I, 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 I've looked at it a little bit that way. I guess I looked at it a little bit more in the competitive sense that, they they were almost afraid to ask him any more questions. Yeah, <laughs> I notice the kind of people seem to pick up that there's a fear or something there. I, I don't really the yeah. word the words fear I don't see it. Uh huh. Right. But I see them that well it does say they no one dared to ask him any more questions. Yeah, that, so, I guess if I that's guess. in. But the point is, is that uh, they were the last religious defense. No matter what we say about them, especially uh-huh. in the Christian world today, uh-huh. they were the last religious defense in Israel against. Rome, who took over the temple, Herod, who was an Edomite, who ran the temple. They were the last guys. Uh-huh. The real Levites were fired. This is why John the Baptist is out of the Jordan River instead of in the temple. Right. Okay, great. I, I I like it. I really do. I think it represents the the true circumstances, the situation that was there in the uh, in the times of, uh, that Jesus lived. There was sometimes I think we're unaware of the. The weight. We're unaware of the sociolo- the sociological context of Jesus' ministry, the the presence of the Romans, uh, their control over the land, the 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 to extent to which uh, the priesthood and the you know the the Jewish authority and so on those those were corrupted. The leadership of the of the of the nation at that time was quite corrupt and, and compromised. Uh, they were buying their positions and so on. And, uh, it, of course, it wasn't the first time anything like that had happened in Israel, but there, it was a very difficult, corrupt time. And we have to have that in mind when we think about the life and times of Jesus and the context in which he exercised his ministry. It makes me think a little bit, Jacob, of, of the book of Chronicles, there that after, and we read about it in the, in the Chronicles, after King Solomon dies, 
I mean, he builds this magnificent temple, and they have this incredible. Wait a minute, that's where we're going. We got to ask the. We got this. Okay, but next thing, just jumping before that, after Solomon's death, Uh, remember the kingdom divided, and 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 the and the the priesthood became corrupted in the north, and people were buying the priesthood, and so on, so on. It it. uh, those are really, really difficult times, and in in for us reading the scriptures, it helps us to know that context uh, in order to be able to understand, uh, I think, accurately and correctly the passages many times. Yeah. Let's. You want to uh, continue what you were no, talking go, about? No, go ahead, because we only got a few minutes Okay, left. let's go take another call. Um, Tammy, I believe, is calling in on line two. Hi, Tammy. Good to talk with you. Hi. Good to hear from you. What's going on in... Uh, I, I'm wondering if you're going to answer some questions or ask us some yes. questions. <laughs> yes, I think I can answer some. Okay, good. You asked. You asked. Um, I I only caught part of it. Solomon built the temple, and you wanted to know the name of the mountain that he built yes. it on. Correct. What, what was the mountain's name? That was that was Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. Was there another name for that mountain as well? I'm sure there is, but that's oh, what the scripture oh, says when I look up. Would that be called? Would that be called Mount Zion, as well, Jacob, or not? Uh, yes. Really? <laughs> he said that like he just created that answer right now. So Zion is another name that is given to that Temple Mount. That's where you know, the temple is. Okay. Okay. Mount Moriah. You have got it exactly right, Tammy. We're proud of you. That, yeah. It not everybody knows the answer to that. That's good. A lot of people don't know that that is the very mountain that Abraham was. Uh, his intent was to obey God and offer Isaac as a sacrifice up to the Lord. And not everybody knows that that very mountain that Abraham was on turns out to be the mountain here that uh, that uh, Solomon builds the temple of God on that mountain. Now, there's something else about that mountain. I think it's in our questions as well. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, that, now, uh, that I don't know, but I can answer another question. Um, you had Second Chronicles 5.10, what was inside the ark? Yes, what was originally, of course, at least inside the Ark of the Covenant. Well, according to Chronicle Second Chronicles 5.10, the two tablets that Moses originally put there at Horeb, Exactly. I think that was originally uh, at Sinai, uh, or Horeb, as you correctly say, the stones of the Ten Commandments, those tablets were placed there. Later on, I believe Aaron's uh, rod and staff were included, and along with a a jar or some kind of receptacle of manna, it seems like were placed within the Ark of the Covenant. But what's mentioned in in Second uh, Chronicles 5.10 is the stones with the Ten Commandments written on them. Exactly right. Again, Tammy comes up with the right. That's a, that's a lot of applause for a Bible answer, Tammy. That's good, a good job. Wow. What, what about King Solomon's body position when he prayed okay. in front of all the people at the temple dedication? It says, that it says that he stood on a scaffold, and then he kneeled down upon his knees, and he spread forth his hands to heaven. Exactly. That's so interesting to me. Uh, sometimes we think, well, your body position doesn't matter. And, of course, in some ways, you know, when we talk to God, it doesn't matter, I guess. On the other, sometimes uh, the position of our body can can help us you know, get a well, frame of we mind. We need to add something, if I may. <laughs> okay, do please. Kneeling, you see, Jews don't kneel. Is that right? Yes. 
Now, some people say that's a later development. Well, maybe so. However, there are occasions when a person prostrates themselves, so this falls out. But here we've got it highlighted that he was kneeling. But look at the rest of the verse. It says, he kneeled. What was he doing? Who was he facing? He was facing the people, right? Ah, not the ark. Okay. Now, he's being very sincere. Oh. Yeah, and I get any idea. Now, if you compare this to Leviticus uh, 26, uh, verse 1. Okay. Uh, 26, verse 1 says, You shall not have, you shall not kneel. Leviticus 26, does it actually say kneel? It does. 26, 1. And it says... Uh, 26.1. And, uh, Do not make idols or set up carven image or sacred pillars or sculptured stones so that you may worship them. I am the Lord your God. Uh-huh. You must keep my Sabbath days of rest and show reverence for my sanctuary. Uh-huh. I am the Lord. Uh-huh. Uh, the sacred stone, the figured stone you're talking uh-huh. about, that's a kneeling rail. I see. Okay. And that's why Jews, there's only one, unless you're prostrating yourself because something's bad, really bad. Uh-huh. But Jews generally stand. That's why you see the Jews doing the bowing and all that. They're standing. They're praying. And there's only one time a year that a Jew would actually kneel. Would be? On a certain holiday. Uh, 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 atonement? Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, yeah. And if you want to look over in chapter 7, uh, verse 9. It says, now I, I know in the English it'll say something like, uh, it'll suggest that it was the day of Sukkot. Are we back in Chronicles now? We are, yes. Okay. The actual topic for this evening. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the, but anyway, actually, it does take in, this says seven days and seven days, and that would take in the day of Yom Kippur. Second Chronicles, okay, I see seven days, uh-huh. All right. See, so... Yeah, so, and some people feel it's uh, Sukkot, Sukkot, but so, that's the day of dedication. But at the same time, uh, it also uh, some people count it as being seven on the seven, which would take in Yom Kippur. So what so, do you make of Solomon's kneeling here in the presence of the people? Well, uh, we're just about to run out of time, we, Tammy. We I want to thank you for calling in. Sure. Appreciate you being part and the great, great question tonight. What do you make, Jacob? Well, he's doing it because if it is Yom Kippur, then it's an acceptable posture on that day. Uh-huh. Seeking repentance, confessing your sins, that kind of stuff. But, but what would be the significance of him kneeling before the people ah, instead of kneeling towards the ark? To serving the people. Remember, what does even Jesus say? I came to serve. Serve, uh-huh. yes. And he contrasts the leadership principles or of 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 the world, that is, that we lord over people, and we exercise our authority, and we commit. Well, but yeah. he says that but here biblical Solomon leadership demonstrating is, he doesn't face the ark. Uh-huh. He faces the people. And Solomon. the idea of biblical leadership is servant leadership. Uh, exactly. serve in so, the, listen, I know good. how much time we got left. Not much. Uh, well, let's just end, let's two, finish this it. up. Because, uh, okay, first we got, and the first question it was, um, uh, David got the plans for... Um, David got the plans for the ark. He gave them to Solomon. Solomon built it. The ark was kept in uh, Jerusalem at, uh, as you said, Obed-Edom at his place. And so we've got the, it's be, and it was built on Mount Moriah, which became Mount Zion. Inside the ark was the Ten Commandments. Now, he kneeled. Now, after he died, uh, the the uh, the um, ten, uh, the priests, the Levites, uh-huh. they fled the northern kingdom. Yes. 
And then they came down to the to the Judah from the northern kingdom right. because of the corruption. Yes, uh, that we came. They began right. to sell oh, yeah, the priesthood. Right. They fled because of corruption. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They got down there. Then Rehoboam, uh, the son of Solomon, uh-huh. and took over. He then became very corrupt as well. Mm. As well. So that's what this is all going on. Well, let's answer them real quickly, though. I forget what they are. One was kneeling. What was inside the ark? We answered most of them. Uh, Tammy helped us clean that up. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant was kept in a special tent that David had prepared uh, for in Jerusalem in the days just before the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the uh, before the temple was built. Uh, the name of the bird was a sparrow or swallow in, in the Hebrew, temple. Hebrew, it means free bird. All right. The free bird. Thanks for joining us, folks. See you next week. And it's brought to you by Clean Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help the military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.